0: Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear Prudence. Dear
1: Prudy. Do you think that I should contact him again? Help. Help. Thanks. 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 Thank you.
0: Hello and welcome to another mini episode of Dear Prudence. I'm your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is Crystal Farmer, who works in publishing and lives in Oakland. And now, here's our first letter. I think it's my turn to read this one. I, um, I really, uh, I, I have some some thoughts here. I do. I, okay. I definitely had a particular response. Subject is, how do I get my daughter to stop picking at her face? Dear Prudence, my teenage daughter habitually picks at her face and now has scarring on her forehead. She's beautiful, among many other wonderful qualities, and it kills me to watch her continually mar herself like this. I've occasionally tried to intervene in the past in compassionate, non-confrontational ways. I've gently pointed out that her future self will wish that she had not left so many scars. It hasn't helped. I now keep my mouth shut unless there's a particularly large scab and ask her to please be gentle with herself. In middle school, she had a pretty bad time with pimples. Nothing that warranted a trip to a dermatologist, but we did keep a steady supply of benzoyl peroxide in the house. At this point, I'm confident that the pimples have essentially gone away. I feel like if she could just quit picking for a month or two, she'd see that her skin was actually fine, and it would give her scars a chance to fade. I realize this is a choice that she has to make, but God, I'd do anything to get her to lay off herself for a while. When her pimples were really bad in middle school, she had other issues with her appearance, and that made her feel like a real ugly duckling. That's also when her father and I divorced. She saw a counselor she liked for a few years, but that counselor eventually left the field. My daughter has friends, does well in school, and has plenty of hobbies. She seems to be coping with the pandemic pretty well, but she also plays things close to the vest sometimes, so she may be more stressed out than I can see. I worry that any way I try to bring this up will only make it worse, I sometimes think about trying bribery, like leave your skin alone for a month and I'll buy you some big ticket item. But she's not really materialistic and I'm fearful that it will manifest in some other even more unhealthy way. It just breaks my heart and I wish I could prevent it from getting worse. Any suggestions? (sighs) Oh boy. Um... Yeah, so my response here at first was like, I get that you're worried for your daughter, but I also wish you wouldn't say things like, she's so beautiful. I wish she wouldn't mar herself because sometimes... Yeah, it's so rough. tell me if this jumped out at you too. Like, there are ways that mothers can like identify with teenage kids in a way that feels like so much pressure. Like, when when you were born, you were so perfect, and like it 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 hurts me as your mom when you do anything that's not like perfectly self accepting and self loving. And it can just feel like it can feel like too much. Does that make any sense?
1: No, it does. And I think also, too, it sort of goes hand in hand with like all of the pressure that girls, you know, at this age are feeling to be perfect in other ways. Um, so, you know, like you're saying, the per, the pressure to like be physically attractive and, you know, have the right clothes and friends and whatever, like that's pressure. But then also that, that can also be pressure that's coming from other places. But then you go home and you feel this other pressure coming from your parents or your parent um that's saying like oh you were so perfect and I want you to continue being perfect and that can be hard to deal with as well so yeah I totally get what you're saying about like it's rough because from the parent's point of view they don't want their child to sort of encounter any, you know, more difficulty than absolutely is necessary in life, which ideally from a parent's perspective would be like zero. So I understand her being like, I don't want her to make her life more difficult. But also the flip side to that is what makes you assume that your daughter cares that much about being quote unquote beautiful. And, you know, what makes you think that her life will be more difficult if she's not, you know,
0: um, right and
1: we generally know that like that's true but it's it, it, there's a difference between how you feel about yourself and how society views you and this girl might feel fine about herself like it's not really clear how she does because it seems like the mother and the daughter don't really talk about these things um as deeply as they maybe should or could um yeah, I mean, I feel lots of ways about this. But ultimately, I think that the pressure to be perfect, which in this case means be beautiful, um, you know, and, and pristine skin, um, which is one part of being beautiful, is, is really, can be really damaging, I think, in a different way that the mother is not really considering.
0: Right, and that's not to say that, like, the mother's bad for being concerned about this. I totally get her concern. I just, I would say if you get into an emotional place of like, it kills me to see this. She's marring herself. I tell her that in the future, she's going to feel the way I do about this. That is too much pressure. that If those are feelings that keep coming up for you, you got to put them in a journal, talk to another friend who's not related to you, talk to a therapist. That's too much pressure to bring to your kid. And what is... Basically, like, having, like, acne scarring on your forehead. Yeah, it can be painful. Yes, it's not necessarily good for her. Yes, it could be a sign that there's, like, something going on with her emotionally. All of that's totally fair game. But it's also, like, she's not ruining herself. You know, she's not marred. She's not, like, a statue someone just took, like, a, a chisel to and broke the nose off of. Um, it's, it's, it's within the realm of, like, life is difficult and sometimes people... Pick at their face, or they pull at their hair, and like that can also become compulsive and unhealthy. And, right, and I don't want to say just like no big deal, don't have any feelings about it, but it's um, it, it's it's if your dream is like this pristine, untouched child who never has like any difficulties or like never picks at anything, you're you're putting too much pressure on your kid. So, it, like. Really, what's weird is then, like, you say this has never warranted a trip to the dermatologist, but then you go on to describe, like, a, a lot of things that I think a dermatologist would be great at addressing. And I think, basically, my two pieces of advice here are, one, like, back off some of the emotional rhetoric. Don't tell her what you think she's going to feel in the future. But do float the possibility of going to a dermatologist.
1: Yeah, and I think too, like, on top of the dermatology, like, there's a mention that she saw a counselor and the counselor left. But there isn't really a mention of whether or not the daughter was okay with that (laughs) and whether she maybe felt like she wanted to continue because like you were saying, you know, everyone, you know, has tics and bad habits and whatnot, but sometimes they can be more than that and they can be compulsive and maybe their daughter might want to talk to someone about that if that is something she, you know, actually is experiencing. But that's, not really something that it seems like the mother is interested in working on, which I think uh, along with the dermatology aspect is probably a really good option. And also just like talking to your daughter, like, how, how are you feeling about this? And do you do this because whatever reason, like, do you want to talk to me about it? Do you want to talk to someone else about it? Um, You know, how, how generally are you feeling, which I think would go a long way to sort of explaining how the mother should feel <laughs> about it. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't seem to be something that they're really doing. And I think that would be so, so, so helpful. Um, especially because it seems like her daughter's pretty well adjusted in other ways. Um, I think just talking to each other and then finding out, you know, does she want to talk to someone about this? Um, and, yeah. you know, maybe taking her to the dermatologist if, you know, she would like to do that is, is, yeah, it seems like a simple solution to me.
0: Yeah. I would. I would basically say I, I think you should readjust your goal. Like your goal right now is get her to feel about this the same way that I do and get like. And a corollary to that is like hopefully get her to stop. And I think your new goal should be letting your daughter know that you want her to talk to a doctor about like Harm reduction and best practices so that she knows how to pick at her face safely. Like, you want her to get that information and to that end, you want to take her to the dermatologist. I think you should not sit in with her at the dermatologist. I get why you would want to, but this isn't about like getting a doctor to tell her what you've been saying, but with more authority. The goal is for her to be able to speak honestly and confidentially with a medical professional who knows about skin um, and to say, like, here's what I do. And for the dermatologist to be able to say, like, okay, that's maybe not ideal this would be better if you're not up to doing that. You know, here's a way that you could reduce the possibility of like getting bacteria um, on it or, or leading to like further scarring. And then beyond that, you know, you can also encourage her like, hey, I know you saw a therapist for a few years and it helped if you would ever like to again. Um, I, I will make that happen. But, but to basically say, I think, I think I've been putting too much pressure on you about this. You know obviously that my my dream for you is that you don't feel like you have to pick at your face but I also don't want to turn it into this like alluring forbidden activity or to put too much pressure on you about how I think you'll feel in the future. I, I'm sorry that I've done that in the past and I'm going to back off now. Um, I think those two things at the same time might feel a little contradictory like on the one hand I'm going to stop pressuring you but on the other hand I'd like you to go to the dermatologist but you can really frame that as just like I want you to get good up to date information and I want you to be able to talk to a doctor in case it's part of like a more compulsive habit that you would like health with and then beyond that you know let me know does it bother you when I point it out do you need me to just like not mention it unless you want to talk about it like how can I be more helpful to you in this because in a couple of years she'll probably be out of the house and you won't be able to have the sort of influence you did when she was younger. And, and this is a good place to start practicing. Like, how do I let my kid make decisions, even if I think that they're mistakes that she might later regret?
1: Yeah. Right. Basically the, the, the ultimate goal is to like give her that space and like, let, let, let go a little bit. (laughs) Cause like you're saying, it's just, there's a lot of pressure from this mom and it doesn't seem to be helping either the daughter or the mother sort of you know, peace of mind. So I think, yeah, definitely let, let that go because it's, mm-hmm. it's not good.
0: Yeah. And then this is the part of the show uh, that always happens sooner or later where I forget who read the most recent letter. Is it your <laughs> turn? I think I read.
1: Yeah, I think it's my turn. Um, okay, so the subject is not so funny friend. Dear Prudence, one of my good friends is very funny and makes a lot of self-deprecating jokes about her looks, her career, her relationship status, etc. Two years ago, she was in a car accident, and now she walks with a cane about half of the time. I honestly don't even notice, and most of our friends don't either, but I know it's affected her negatively in job interviews, dates, etc. She started referring to herself as a gimp and other less appropriate words. It makes me and our friends extremely uncomfortable. But at the same time, she's always called herself things like idiot, loser, ugly, stupid, washed up, never in a fishing for compliments way, just as a joke. Is there a way to ask her to stop making fun of her own disability without hurting her feelings and stopping her from joking altogether? Hmm. This one really like kind of hit home for me as someone who also has a disability and is very self-deprecating. Yeah, it's really... So one of the things about disability specifically I find is that people often want to take it very seriously at all times. And, Mm -hmm. uh, if they don't experience it, they want it to be taken seriously at all times. And, uh, that often means like not making jokes about it, which I feel like, especially if you're the person, you know, living with it on a daily basis, I feel like you should be allowed to joke about it. Um, and you know, disability, disabled people and people in the disabled community have reclaimed words like gimp and cripple and like refer to ourselves with those words. And they're not necessarily bad things. (laughs) I think it can be really, um, empowering to sort of take back language that used to be used to, you know, dehumanize you. Um, but I do think also too, as someone who loves self-deprecating humor, that a, a lot of people can often, um, they can often sort of take it at face value and, and and really sort of have that be their idea of what you think of yourself when sometimes it may not at all be related to your own particular self-image. However, this, yeah. this question is a little bit different because that the... the a letter writer does say that her friend calls herself like a loser, ugly, stupid, washed up. Like those are a little bit harsher (laughs) than I think, you know, maybe just regular self-deprecation. But again, I don't know how often she's calling herself those things and in what contexts. And I think, you know, we should all be free to like joke about ourselves from time to time because, you know, I don't want everyone else doing it. So I feel like I should be able to do it um, as much as I want. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think I think it's a really, it's a fine line because on the one hand, like, you don't want to. So one thing that, that jumped out at me when I first read this letter was about, like, when she mentioned her friend sort of getting in the car accident and um, now she has a disability. And she said, you know, I honestly don't even notice and most of our friends don't either. Um, that struck me, too. Yeah, I found that very jarring because one thing about disability, or at least for me, not speaking for the whole disability community, but I do want people to notice my disability. I want it to be a part of me. It's part of my identity. Um, And I want people to like, see it, accept it and know that it's there and know, you know, the ways in which it affects my life. Um, But I also want them to know that like, it's not all of me. It's just, it's just a part of me, like I said. Um, And that uh you know sometimes it's a part of me that I joke about and that should be fine (laughs) and so when she said like I honestly don't even notice that sort of made me um think that she and her friends are a little bit uncomfortable with the disability still um and Mm -hmm. like asking her to not make fun of it is part and parcel of that discomfort like they can't accept that it's like a part of her life now and like as she did before, she's going to make fun of it just like she did, you know, the other parts of her life. Um, Right. But I do think that maybe they feel like the self-deprecation sort of is masking some like, you know, low self-esteem issues that potentially might need addressing. Um, And I, I really don't know how to counsel the letter writer to sort of address those because they may not be true, but it may just be a matter of, sort of talking to a friend and being like, you know, I think you're great and I don't like when you put yourself down <laughs> um, so much. But at the same time, I don't, I do think that they need to understand that like self-deprecation is not necessarily um, an adequate or accurate sort of representation of how you feel about yourself. It might just be something you say to make a joke <laughs> and have right. fun. Um, right. So yeah. I, I so, think that's a
0: really helpful intervention is like It it may very well be that this is, like, constant and negative and gives the friend's cause for concern about, like, how she's doing. But I think it's also true that sometimes, like, self-deprecating language can get treated as, like, this is the only thing you really believe about yourself. And there are definitely ways in which it's, like, a, a genuine pressure release valve. Imperfect though it may be with the fact that, like, since her car accident, she has been, like, professionally discriminated against for her disability as well as like had a really rough time dating and like i i understand why she would want to relieve some of that pressure like and people don't always relieve pressure perfectly Mm -hmm. um and so yeah i'm with you i felt like there was genuine like love and affection for their friend from this letter writer but it also felt like with that i honestly don't even notice and most of our friends don't either followed by, but I know it's affected her negatively in job interviews, dates, etc. cetera. Like what that says to me is, well-intended though the letter writer may be, what they and the friends are kind of doing is saying like, ideally, we wouldn't acknowledge her disability at all. And it has in fact, like people's negative reactions to her disability, like ableism has made her life really difficult in the last two years and she wants to talk about it. Right. So on that level, I think you you should and you should kind of let her talk about it when she needs to I don't think you should say like don't use such and such words because they make me uncomfortable now that doesn't mean that like you can't have a conversation about how she's bringing it up or that you can't w- hope that you can provide her with additional support but I, I do really really think that like part of what she's doing in those moments is say like please don't ignore this please don't pretend that I'm not affected by this like discrimination at work or like people suddenly like treating me differently if we've been on a date where I didn't use my cane and then on a second date I do use my cane like that she 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 has every reason and every right to want to talk about it
1: yeah I think I think you sort of brought up a really important point of the sort of uh people not wanting she, her not wanting people to treat her differently that that essentially is what the letter writer is asking whether she has permission to do right like she says is there a way to ask her to stop making fun of her own disability without hurting her feelings? Like, essentially, she wants to say, to tell her friend, like, now that you're disabled, <laughs> I feel uncomfortable with the, like, self-deprecation that you are always doing, right? And and ultimately, what um, the friend wants is to not have that be the case. She wants to be able to continue, you know, living her life, having her friends, but occasionally, you know, making reference to this thing that, you know, is kind of affecting her negatively in certain ways, but also is just sometimes a funny thing to joke about. Like, I don't think that now that your friend is disabled, you need to treat her with kid gloves. Like that Mm -hmm. is ultimately what I would hope that the letter writer does not do or doesn't start doing. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, (laughs) she, she doesn't, her friend doesn't need that because I'm sure she's getting that in many other places in her life that she doesn't want. And, you know, the last thing you want is for your friends to sort of, not see you as the person that you actually are or that you feel like you are. Um, So yeah, I think ultimately if she thinks it's a more serious issue, I think it's worth having a conversation with her friend and being like, you know, how are you generally feeling? Like we're concerned about you, but if it's just because she has a disability now and they feel uncomfortable with her like referencing it, I don't think it's okay to sort of say like, don't talk about that around us or with us because I'm uncomfortable with it like that's that's not okay you that's part of her that's part of who she is now and you sort of have to accept it um in whatever way uh you do that and 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 in whatever way makes your like friendship still possible because it seems like it's important most of them so
0: mm-hmm. yeah and I know like the letter writer can't necessarily be like I really think you should feel such and such a way about your disability or like I think you should like seek out other friends who are also disabled so that you can like build community and find support and solidarity and like people who share experiences in common and aren't just like, you know, I don't know how to talk or think about this. I just feel uncomfortable. I I do hope that for the letter writer's friend, like I don't know if she has any other friends who are disabled, but I do hope that she's able to like, oh, how do you say this without saying the word plugged in? Because I just associate that so much with like evangelical cheesiness, but like <laughs> can find like, you know, like can, can kind of move into, like she doesn't have to become an activist if she doesn't want to, but to like find some support or community or solidarity with people who like have disabilities, who use canes, who have been in car accidents, like anywhere along that spectrum. So she's not the only person in her life who she knows going through this.
1: Yeah, that would be super, super helpful.
0: Yeah, that's a little bit outside of the friend's purview. You can't be like, you can't do that for her. I think the best thing that you can do is to say something like, you know, when you bring up your disability and your cane, sometimes in the past I've like been distant or uncomfortable because I didn't know what to say because I like love you and I want you to feel good about yourself. But I think by pulling away or not reacting or, or acting uncomfortable, I've shut it down or actually made you feel like, I was ashamed of your disability and I'm really sorry for that. And so if you want to just like make occasional jokes as a pressure release, I'm here for that. If I occasionally ask like how you're doing or if there's anything I can do to help, I hope you don't feel like I'm being like trying to tell you how to feel or like, you know, monitor your tone or be like, you're not allowed to feel bad about yourself. But I just I want to acknowledge that I've tried not to talk about it and you've brought it up a lot and I want to meet you in the middle.
1: Yeah, I think ultimately, yeah, they just need to, she just needs to be open with her friend about like, hey, this is what I've noticed and I just want to make sure that you're doing okay and that I'm supporting you in whatever way I can um, while also acknowledging like this is your new normal and this is your new life. So, yeah, and just
0: like, I I think, sorry, like my last thought there is like, yes, it's true that like the self-deprecating terms that she uses are about her own Disability specifically, but it's also, I, I don't think, exactly true that she's making fun of her own disability. I think part of what she's doing is expressing the new ways in which, like, hiring managers and bosses and dates treat her badly now and turn her away now. Like, it, that's not her disability. That's like the discrimination that she faces from society. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, we're talking social model versus, like, you know, versus, you know, medical model disability. Like, the problem isn't that she uses a cane the problem is that society views her as a person who uses a cane which makes them
0: view her negatively right so yeah 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 so yeah the best thing you can do is not say i don't notice the best thing you can do is say i see you i notice i know that you notice how can i help